race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to Great Scott, the Money in the Bank Game of Thrones office podcast. <laughs> I'm Jay Ray with me, hailing from Pennsylvania, USA, the Broken Jars Broadcasting co-host champion of 2017, 2018, and 2019, the bespeckled one, Jacob Ingalls. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And due to recent work events, I'll probably be in PA for uh, a, for the very foreseeable or extended future, whatever. Forever. There you go. Yeah, like uh, I got a big raise at work and a promotion, so it's going to be hard to leave at this point. Unless another championship opportunity presents itself elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, obviously they can always do it, but it's going to be hard for anyone to be like, hmm, we should definitely pay Jacob that much money. Yeah. Well, let's get it out of the way. I like the Game of Thrones season finale. Jacob, you haven't caught up, so you have no opinion as of yet, but you will be tainted by the internet. Totally fine. Oh, oh yeah. I've already, it's already been spoiled for me. <laughs> um, I am in very deep into WWE right now. <laughs> Spent most of my day watching uh, the recent pay-per-view Money in the Bank. Dope stuff. Apparently, everybody hates it, but having not watched it in 15 years, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I am currently on a free trial with the WWE Network. It's it's a pretty good app. It's not amazing. I wish it had pop-up video. Um, you know, it's a little slow. You can't download anything, but uh, some good good shit on there. So it's very exciting. So so what does the WD, WWE cost you? Well, it's the free trial for 30 days. I think it's uh, it's either $6.99 or $9.99 per month. It's not bad. Not bad. I mean, you get uh, you can watch all of their pay-per-views, past and present. Um, just not like night of, right? Like next no, day. No, night of too. You can. Yeah. Oh wow, that is pretty good. Yeah. So that's what I figured. I did the free trial for the Money in the Bank, and actually, there's another pay-per-view June seventh that I'll be able to watch before I cancel, if I cancel, because maybe I'll cancel HBO now that Game of Thrones is over. Yeah. Pick up WWE. You know, watch some Attitude Era stuff. You know. Yeah. I. Uh... I'm wait. I'm waiting to see what Disney Plus is gonna do before I start doing any new services. Yeah, yeah. That thing's gonna be off the chain. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they start to neglect Hulu specifically to drive people to Disney Plus or not, considering they own the majority share now. Well, they actually they don't. They own all of it now. Well, they well, Fox they, still retains thirty three percent of something for the next year. Right, but they but they bought AT and T share, and they also bought they they have a deal with Comcast where Comcast will sell will they'll sell their shares and they have to sell their shares in five years, but lose all voting rights immediately. Right. Yeah, it's so, Comcast, not Fox. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. So Comcast. Um, yeah, AT and T pretty much owns the whole owns the whole thing. Yeah. So. And what, here's what I think is going to happen with that whole thing is like Hulu Fox are going to be like the mature R-rated arm of Disney. And then Disney will be, you know, PG-13 and under kind of thing. That's a good point. Like stuff that they don't, like, um, you know, Disney technically owned like Miramax back in the day. Right. So like Clerks, presumably, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. 
Well, and I would just uh, expect to see in the next couple of months that they announce that they have acquired the rights to the, all the Defender shows from Netflix and we'll have like Daredevil on Hulu and that kind of thing. Be crazy considering how much Netflix branding is on those shows. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Disney, <laughs> even though they pretty much own everything. Uh, we are here to talk about Season 9, Episode 1, New Guys, written and directed by Greg Daniels. Now, this is a classic move, right? Everybody hates your show. They think you're garbage. Let's bring in the guy who made the good version of this show. Let's try it. That's what they're thinking, right? So they bring in Greg Daniels, and what does he do? Botches the whole thing. Ruins it. He ruins it worse. Yeah, I mean... I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm all I mean, amped up from wrestling. That's what's happening. It's it's a bad spot to be because they're... You know, it is after summer, so they're resetting everything. Right. You know, the final season eight ended. Dave Voss is buying Dunder Mifflin back. Um I mean, there's lots of cover in like the two month gap that always happens with like these summer breaks in between seasons, right? Right. And the best season op- season opening episodes were the ones that tended to um, do like bring summer as a part of the episode. Like the weight loss episode, you know, where they kind of move through the summer is probably the best season opener. Yeah, because that takes place over the whole episode. Right. Um, so, right. he, so he's got to he's he's got to juggle, you know, the whole setting up fresh storylines, um, introducing of two new characters. Um, yeah, so it's not exactly like well, it's a tough episode. And plus, we all knew going into this is this would be the final season. So you gotta like start weaving the threads for the finale, especially because this is a shorter season too, isn't it? Mm, well, it's got a lot of hour long. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so it starts with Andy returning from a trip that he was sent on by David Wallace, uh, an, an extended version of Toby's outdoor wilderness retreat thing. But except with like fifteen year olds. Right. Basically, it's like summer camp is really where he went. Right. Um, so that is funny. Um, Dwight invented a new power drink or energy drink or something, which basically looks like. Skywalker Blue Milk. <laughs> yeah, from Beat Runoff. Yeah. So why is it blue? No idea, but he pukes it all over Angela after finding out that, um, what's his name? Harold? Philip. Philip. I was called. Uh, Philip, cut that out. Editor, cut that out. Um, yeah, that's the baby Philip is not his kid. Right. But apparently, this type of DNA testing is very unreliable it's like only got a 50 percent success rate yeah uh i th- thank you for sharing i didn't google fecal dna testing so that's good to know i so, uh, i rely on my my scientist wife for, for that information gotcha uh we do find out though moving forward that philip is dwight's kid right and that this was a diaper error mm-hmm. i guess well because the first time i had read that that he grabbed the wrong diaper i was like how many diapers are under mifflin but because it's during family portrait there's quite a few children there specifically the halperts and stuff so right but there's also with this kind of testing like if you draw blood it's it's a lot easier to like isolate the dna but you know, there's a lot of other crap and shit and so you gotta like <laughs> there's a lot of other crap in shit yes got it uh, yeah, yeah. So it's harder to isolate a good set of DNA to use. Gotcha. Um, and then Kevin's turtle. 
which uh, this is the second time this joke kind of happened. The first time was with that dog last season. Right. Um, but that dog is fine. This, not so much. Runs over a turtle, tries to super glue random office bits onto the turtle. Mm. Um, turtle is dead dog. Right. And he like crunches it again and like makes it better than ever. Yeah. You have here that it's a tortoise. Yes, it is a tortoise and not a turtle. So he definitely should not have put it in that aquarium then. No. That like three foot water aquarium. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly the differences between the two. But and the tortoises don't like swim like that. Right. But yeah, it is a tortoise and not a turtle. Got it. Uh, we, we find out that Kelly has moved to uh, Miami University in Ohio. You're right. Yeah. Um, she thinks it's Miami, so she's giving away all of her crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like throwing clothes and it's like, I'm done with the cold. I'm going to go yeah. party with Dwayne Wade. And Aaron's like, I'm really going to miss you. And then Kelly just drapes a jacket over her face. Right. Yeah. And then um, we find out that Ryan, too, has moved to Ohio. It's going to be the, the Silicon Prairie. That's right. It's a good move. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who lives down in Orlando who's always told me like Orlando's going to be like the next it town. And I'm just like, I'm over it. You know, because it's like Austin, Texas is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your Portland, Oregon's like your obvious cities, Chicago. But she's like, Orlando, that's where it's my kid out of here. I mean, have you ever driven too- around Orlando? <laughs> no. I mean, well, that's, yeah, it's too, it's too low the Mason-Dixon line for my taste. I don't know how... I've been down there once or twice, and I didn't fare very well. A lot of people talking to me as if I was Cuban. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, you look very Cuban too. I was—I didn't want to say. When like I get every, tanned up, yeah, I really yeah. do. Like Ricky Ricardo. Nah, Give me a babalu. You, you don't watch I Love Lucy? What's the matter? With oh you? no, I know, I know who Ricky Ricardo is. Okay. Lucy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Racism. Just okay. So, uh, so this is the first appearance. So there's a lot, you know, as you said, it's a coming back episode and we're kind of catching up with folks and, um, it's the first appearance of athlete. Right. Which was Jim's idea in college. And now his former roommate is starting it up. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so it's kind of introducing this interesting talking head where it's a Jim and Pam thing. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it and they're talking about how crazy it might be if this thing kicks off. And if it does, because Jim's not participating, they'll, they'll, they'll be bought a new car, right? An Ultima or better. Yeah. Um, and then this is kind of the, f- this is like the first time this becomes a consistent thing, especially in this season, but it's only happened a couple times before where like the production wall breaks. So right. the camera rolls and we see them remove their mics and they're talking to whatever producers off camera. Um, which we, you know, we don't see that often. We see the microphone thing uh, during Dwight's injury. Uh, also, again, when Michael's last episode, um, every time Kevin pushes over a cameraman because there's panic. Uh, yeah, there. But this is like the most overt. Like the other, I would say the other really overt one was like back in season two when Pam is trying to figure out who Angela is sleeping with. Oh right, and whoever, right, it's like the cameraman or whatever is like. Like doing a lot to draw her attention to right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, whatever, we'll get into it once Brian is properly introduced, but it's like, was Brian involved in that? Like, was he and the camera guy in on it? Cause we only ever talked to Brian, but he's a mic. Right. But yeah, but this is the first time we hear like voices of like yeah. camera people. <clears throat> but the revealing thing aside from that is, uh, you know, Pam makes a comment about how long are you going to do this? Like, you know, we're married with two kids. It's not like a lot of interesting things are going to happen in our life. 
and we're left with like a long shot of kind of Jim's reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the camera angle changes, like they, they catch it and they zoom in on his face. So she says this thing, but the crew is aware. Right. That Jim and, is feeling. Right. And I can see him feeling really stuck. Hmm. Like, you know, if, I don't know if there would be like the commission caps that there were, but they obviously don't have a big a pipeline to sell because they lost the saber side of things. Right. Um, and I probably doesn't think he can be manager, right? Because Andy's been installed. So he's got really nowhere to go. Well, cause he had an opportunity after D'Angelo died or whatever, um, where they left the office kind of without, supervision for a while when it was working smoothly Mm -hmm. and he had that opportunity to take it from joe and she said no and that's when the whole search committee started right so that's that's what two years ago so it's interesting to see if his mind changed but clearly not Mm -hmm. it's not like he's trying to be more aggressive at dunder mifflin and as we see throughout this season the athlete thing becomes more interesting it's it seems like a passion thing really yeah for sure but i mean he's been there for what like 10 years and yeah I mean, really, I think it was like 15, because I feel like he was not new when the show starts. Like, he was supposed to have been there for five years or so. I think he he had to be too young to be there for eight. Uh, I mean, it's something we've talked about, but I thought it was like three years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so so that's a a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, he's not 30 yet, so he's like... I mean, it's crazy to have two kids before 30. I just got a puppy at 30, and I feel very stressed. No, he's, he's definitely past 30 in Is this he? episode. Oh, yeah, easily. All right, if you say so. Well, she makes a comment in the car, either this episode or next, about 30th birthday. Yeah, so maybe it was a past thing, because it was the ticket comment. Okay, so Jim Halper was born October 1st, 1978. Oh, yeah. So what would that He's be? older than me, so... Uh, nothing. So that would put him at roughly 34, 33, 34 in this episode. Got it. So he will turn 34 in between Roy's wedding and Andy's ancestry. Mm. Okay. Um, so we're also introduced to two new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark and Pete. Yep. Clark. yep. Interesting thing about Clark. He's played by the actor Clark Duncan. He just always plays characters based off his own name, like Hot Tub Time Machine, Super Bad. He just shows up and he's just himself, and people are like, "Yeah, that's cool. You do that, bro." I want to get paid for just showing up being me. But, <laughs> but can you uh, make yourself interesting? Oh yeah! Look, I took my glasses off. I just she's all that all all that at you all up in this biznotch. <laughs> um, but they're giving you nicknames. Clark right. is Dwight Jr. Because Andy's all about like nicknames because everyone had a nickname on this whatever thing he went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His um, retreat or whatever. Um, so yeah, Clark becomes Dwight Jr. instead of Fart because he's always farting. Right. And um, new Jim becomes Plop because he's always dropping plops. Right. Because everybody. So that's that. I hate these characters, both of them. Um, and that's what I'll say for that. I don't have any issue with Plop. Clark's a douchebag. Well, Plop is almost okay, but then when I rewatch the next episode that we'll talk about, he's a goddamn creep. Like, he's trying to basically get Aaron into a secret, drunken, softcore porn photo shoot. Oh, Plop. No, he's trying to get her out of that. Oh, Clark no. is the one trying to do it. Clark. Sorry, Clark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Plop is boring. I mean, Plop is literally a Plop. Oh, yeah. Plop. He's just Sorry, there Plop's to... 
you probably could have had an interesting arc if there had been more time, but they don't really get a lot of time to really grow these people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, too, my disdain for him results in, like, the issues between Aaron and Andy also. Because I feel like Aaron and Plop never get developed enough for me to believe that. But it's, like, used as the big catalyst for why her and Andy can't be together aside from Andy becoming a psycho and a dick. Right. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, and he's also like, "Why are you still here, Nelly? I thought yeah. I fired you." Yeah, very cold. Yeah, we know for a fact, unless we saw it, unless it was off screen, that that wasn't the case. You know, like he forgave her. Right, right. You know, when um, when, when she played the bard card. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is another thing I just don't like about Andy. It's just a very weird relationship he's got with Nelly, and he's like worse. Well. You tell me if I'm wrong, because maybe I'm, again, jaded by my wrestling fire. But um, I feel like he is meaner to Nelly than Michael was to Toby. Oh, for sure. Right, yeah. Right, well, and, you know, it's dire- it's it's much more of a direct hatred. Like, Toby, like... Right, like, um, Toby represents a thing that Michael doesn't like. Right. Yeah. Like, and uh, Michael and Toby, it was... It was passive until Toby did something. And with Andy, it's just active towards right. her. You know, because yeah. he does, he does, I think it's this episode, maybe next, where he's like, you know, I'm going to make your life a living hell here. Yeah, it's this one. And yeah. she's like, you don't have to. He's like, oh, I do. And I'm going to. Right, which if she reported that, would have gotten him fired. Yeah, but to who? David? Toby. Yeah, Toby up into the corporate Toby doesn't. He's a nobody. Get him out. Okay, another thing that's happening. A lot of shit's happening in this episode. Again, it's like this post-summer thing. Like, you want to see all the characters. Angela is trying to find a home for her cat Comstock because the baby's allergic to Comstock. Is that correct? Not the other cats, but Comstock specifically. It's weird. Also happens to be the senator's favorite cat. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which we find out later. Probably should have said that in the chronological way, but it's it's tough. There's just a lot going on. Right. It, one thing we have found out over the summer is that Oscar and the senator have started a sexual relation. Yeah. It's like there's like a very sexual threatening from the senator at the end of the last like, You know what this is. He basically put his wiener out. Uh, yeah, so they're engaging in some... Right. Uh, you know, we find out that Dwight really wants a kid... Yeah, so the Dwight Jr. nickname kind of like tickles him. So right. he like stands next to him and becomes proud. So he tries to do this thing with Dwight Jr. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, I don't remember exactly what Dwight said, but like Clark's like, is this code for gay stuff? He's like, what kind of farming you into and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but then Clark's like, he basically says, if you have like extra leads that you don't have times to get to, like I'm happy to do that for you. Right. And Dwight like turns. He's like, "Oh, you're you're trying to be a salesman. You're trying to take my leads." And uh, yeah. a rivalry. It's very short. It's like this epic because then that father's is more. Uh, well, they use it one, and Clark is gone for a couple episodes because he's out flying around the world with uh, Jan. Yeah, that was weird too. That is really weird. Yeah. It's just a weird episode uh, character. I, my my biggest problem. A lot of people say the office jumps the shark during the Super Bowl episode, um, when Stanley's heart attack. Yeah. It's like, you know, people are like too stupid in that episode, basically. They're in a CPR class and they're all up and dancing to staying alive. Uh, you get the weird movie sub. I mean, it's a very nice moment with Jim and Pam with the movie subplot. Of, uh, mm-hmm. But that flick itself is weird. 
You know, it's kind of different right. from the whole episode. Um, Clark is like that whole episode. He's just very unrealistic. Like, how does he exist in this world? Um, but he does. I mean, because how old is he? 25, something like that? If that, I think, like, I feel like they're like 22, 23. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I didn't live my life the way he did at 22, 23. I have, I have opinions, Jacob. <laughs> okay, so. Um, yeah, Andy brings in, like, his camp counselors who, like, slacklining. Yep, and uh, he's. How did they shoot that? Was that a real slack line? Because Andy's really good at it, like comparatively to like. I don't know. Like, I assume it it looked. It looks practical. Yeah. So Andy does it. He does well. Uh, Clark does it. Also does well. Everybody claps. Mm -hmm. Causes Dwight to get a little jealous. So he tries it. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater won secret bales tapes all over the place. (laughs) Um, He got like bloody nose, crack in the head. You're like. Nelly does it in her heels, which is impressive. And like Andy just like throws her over. Yep. Uh, do you want to say this word that you called Andy? <laughs> or do you just want us to acknowledge that he was not being very nice to Nelly? Oh. <laughs> what? Cunt hammer? Oh boy. There it is. Explicit. Um, I, I, I stole that one from the oatmeal. Got it. From the was oatmeal. Actually, yeah, like the oatmeal, the webcomic. Oh, 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 okay. It's actually the right. Game of Thrones one. <laughs> like, oh. like, like first season Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, you know, whatever the woman, like the uh, the woman who is banging her brother. Cersei. Cersei's like, wow, Cersei is this. <laughs> so this. Got it. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like Quaker Oats. <laughs> you opened up a box of uh, original Quaker Oats. It just said that word spelled out in Oats. Um, yeah, so the, the hazing of Nelly continues. Let's see, Dwight sucks. Uh, so then for some reason, Dwight is like, Slackline's not real. I'll show you what's real as he is one to do and sets up a very precarious cable from the rooftops of Dunder Mifflin to what the electrical pole across the street or something or like to the sidewalk. Right. Like, I don't know why he ever like thought this was a good idea. Yeah. So he essentially takes a modified bicycle that he will use to ride across the cable um, and he has like a counterweight seat below for someone to sit. His first choice is Pam. Because they're roughly the same weight. Yep. The Pam says she's 105, which I'm not sure I buy. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it either. This is the second time Pam had like a thing about her weight. I mean, I'm not saying she's fat or anything, but she's probably more in like 120, 130 range. I mean, I, I have no sense of it, but yeah, 105 sounds very light. And I don't think she's like a short lady either. No, I don't think she is either um so she says no she suggests yeah, she's five six there's no way she's 105 but again no no body shame here no it's, body shame it's just there's no way <laughs> yeah seems crazy oh angela kinsey's like really short yeah she's tiny five one uh, um so another thing that's happening is because pete has been given the new gym moniker jim i guess is trying to see eye to eye so he's asking sports some sports right um, even the one sport that they both watch baseball, they don't like the- mm-hmm. then they over he overhears Pete talking about his ambitions right, and how he's not doing any of it, and that sort of spurs him to jump into uh jump into athlete right, right, Jim seeing this kid talking how he was talking at that time, he's like, oh man, I gotta like poop or get off the pot here so he 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 dumps. Yeah, because of even though like they'd already decided they weren't going to do it, like it probably makes them millionaires because it does seem like it's really taken off Hmm. by the end of the season. But still, tech move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
I mean, this becomes the big plot line for Jim and Pam. Right. Brian gets added in later as like Pam's side of the things that are weird. But this is on Jim's side where he starts participating in this company and he's lying to Pam about it for a long while. Then when he jumps in fully, um, he's kind of addicted because mm. of strut. Um, just makes you wonder how this all would have gone if they were honest with each other from the beginning. And that's like a trope that like I hate in sitcoms was used a lot. It's like, if you were just honest with each other, none of this would be a big deal. Why? Because what's your standpoint? You should have just lied and kept lying. No. <laughs> but you see it all the time and like, they 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 try and like hide whatever for like oh you know i don't want to hurt them or whatever but if they just like told the truth it would have been like nothing granted i i know they do that for like tension and stuff in the show but that's right. one of my least it, favorite tropes it, it's almost like they're trying to entertain us <laughs> but you're doing it poorly yeah do it better um so and, yeah dwight tries to ride his bike across this tension wire which i just wonder where he got that much steel rope yeah uh, I mean, he probably has a guy. Dwight seems like the kind of guy who's got guys. It's not as expensive as I thought it was. It's only like a hundred bucks for a thousand feet. That does sound reasonable. What do you do with that though? Is it only for like bracing and stuff or? Uh, I mean, I know some people build fences out of it because it's real strong. Mm, fences? All right. I mean, it's probably using a lot of like stuff where you have to suspend things like. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, like if you're suspending you know speakers or something you probably right. you know use like a steel wire yeah lights camera action yeah yeah okay uh creed has a great bit here where he basically recounts the summer based on his point of view it's all wrong right he's like oh not bad for a day in the life of a dog food company yeah um creed's great uh solid character I look forward to him becoming regional man. Um, and then the last thing is that Oscar volunteers to adopt Comstock because while the senator is going away on a business trip, not true, he actually has dinner dates with Oscar. So um, right. seems like it's getting serious. I mean, this, now this is furthering a plot line between like this like triangle between Angela Oscar and with sen- the senator's job, it would make it um, a lot easier to do stuff like this. Yeah, that's because, why politicians do it all the time. Well, and let's... Uh, Anthony Weiner. That's what it is. Was like, it? He, like, uh, you know, the senator has to be in Harrisburg, PA, hmm. a lot because he is a state senator. You know? Oh, I see. So he has, like, a lot of alibis or potential mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't think it's that far to screen. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong, but... Well, it's two hours. So, yeah, you could easily be like... Oh yeah, I've got to go to you know Harrisburg for the week and you know leave that night and just go over to Oscars and then leave in the morning. Right, you really yeah. need to do. Yep. Uh, so let me make sure. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. There's not a lot going on. Yeah, I mean a lot's going on, but nothing of substance. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. There's a lot of stuff going wrong. A wrong. A lot of stuff going on around the topic points, but. There, it's just fluff. Yeah, fluff. It's exposition, essentially. Uh, so what do you think of this episode? Uh, it's okay. It's not great. I mean, it does suffer from all the things we talked about being like a first season, first, first episode of last season and all the stuff they got to do. But so I just gave it a 2.5 out of 5 permanent athlete's feet. Yeah. Yep, uh, I gave it the same, a 2.5 out of 5 diplomas from Miami University. Nice. Totally fine. Just a fine episode. 
I mean, and I got to say, and I've probably said it before, I feel like I got to say a lot of stuff, man, and I, I need this platform to do it. But it's hard to rate these things objectively because I hate it so much. Because <laughs> uh, I find myself laughing on the bus or wherever I'm watching these episodes. I'm like, oh, that was funny. But like, then when I sit down to really think of it, I'm like, oh, yeah. But it makes like the problem with season nine in general is like pretty much every season, people are like, oh, there, you can think of at least one or two really good episodes in the season, just like right off the top of your head. Right. But it's a lot harder in this one, especially if you like, you can't say the finale. Yeah. Yeah. But like season eight, you know, still has like pool party and a couple of other really good episodes, you know, and yep, that's true. You know, because like in Garden Party, that's another great one that you can just pull off the top of your head. Basically, anything with party in the title. But that's the other thing, too. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but those are kind of like one off episodes. Right. They are. The problem with the show later on is like the story is bad. You know, like the Jim Pam stuff, I don't like. Andy going off the rails doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I don't buy the Aaron and Plop thing. You know, there's there's just like weird choices thematically that carry out through the season that I think taint the whole thing. But there are moments that are iconic to the show that are still even this. Right. All right. Next up, we have season nine, episode two, Roy's Wedding, uh, directed by Matt Sohn and written by Allison Silverman. So Pam is back at her uh, office administrator, Judy's. Mm-hmm. And she's made a chore wheel because the place is... Right, because the custodial staff went on vacation for a month or something like that? Yeah, and there's like no replacements or no... Because Dwight won't pay for it. That's it, yep. So she created this wheel, which essentially is more of a dial. It's right. Like, it's like stationary chores, names that rotate. You shift at one, you do the chore that you name. People are upset that it doesn't actually spin, so she builds a spinning version. Mm-hmm. It's pretty popular until they do it. And they realize that it's still chores. Right. She then does an updated version where the chores are gone. Now it's prizes or punishment, except for the mini wheel. Right. Which actually <laughs> does have chores on it. That's right. And people and are excited to do it. Because <laughs> yeah. then what does Meredith get? The toilets or something? Yeah. She's like immediately she F's off. She's like, got it. Books it. Cleans the toilets. Um, yeah. So we, we sort of start out this thing like, Pam and Jim are going to Roy's wedding, like during the week at 8 a.m. First, I don't know, granted, I've never had an ex-fiance, but I would have a hard time going to an ex's wedding. Yeah, I mean, Pam and Roy were high school sweethearts. Right. So part of me wonder, and they were together forever, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of me wonders, like, how close Roy's parents were to Pam also. Yeah, I mean... Like in a way where they're like, oh, invite Pam, you know, like she's family, that kind of thing. Um, Roy doesn't have any ill will. He knows he messed that up, you know? Right. And they both both went to the same high school, so their parents probably knew each other. Yeah. Um, That being said, it is weird that Jim's there. Like it would be weird, I would imagine, for the act. Yeah. Well, especially the one that quote-unquote stole her away. Yeah, right. That you assaulted. Right. You know, his, it's not like there's there's no layers there, right? It's not like Pam and Roy broke up, she dated a couple of people, and then dated Jim, right? So it's, Well, she went out with the artist. Right. Well, what I'm saying is it's like Pam always had those feelings, right? Oh, right? So even though she went out with the artist and like Jim went out with Karen, there were, they were still like together, right? They still had all the feelings and like Jim kissed yeah, yeah, Pam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Casino night. So 
you know, it would be different if you were just like sort of fresh to the situation and not, you know, former coworkers who've probably known each other for years and all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I was just at a wedding this weekend. Real quick side note, let me tell you what happened. I go out earlier in the day to walk the dog, take her to a dog park. The car's terrible. Um, we have someone come and they jump the car, turns on. I'm like, great, dandy. We leave. The guy's like, oh, by the way, uh, it's pretty depleted, so you might want to think about going to a mechanic. I'm like, okay, no problem. We go out to the car, dressed to the nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, car's dead again. We have to call AAA again. They send the same dude, and then we just have to buy a battery from him. But the day before, we had the car checked out, and everything was honky-dory, so I don't know what happened in between. Bought the new battery, show up to the wedding two hours late. By the time we get there, all the table cards are removed and they're in the middle of like speeches. That being said, the scheduling of weddings are all different or whatever, but it seemed like pre-food, the speeches were happening. Um, and there was no like moment of people walking in or what. So we get there, we stand awkwardly in the back of the room while these things are going in. Then we have to bother someone who works at the establishment to find us where we're supposed to sit. It's terrible. It's the worst experience of our life. And then I had to dance to Backstreet's Back when I'm in a diehard NSYNC fan. <laughs> Luckily, later in the evening, bye 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 played. So I was like, "This could have been a disaster." You saved it, DJ. We uh, <laughs> we went to see Garth Brooks this weekend, so good times were had by all. Wow, that dude puts on a heck of a show, man. Who's do you remember? He has that alter ego. Three what? Yeah, uh, like there was a moment where he was like a bad boy country singer. So he had like an alter ego, kind of like uh, David Bowie had Ziggy Stardust. Mm. Um, God, you keep, you keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> You're going to love it. Uh, so uh, the other thing that sort of happens, well, there's, there's really three sort of story threads going through this episode where we've got Roy's wedding. We've got Nellie charting, starting this charity drive, uh, when Dwight's refusing to participate in it because, you know, he, it's living under the same rules as the Taliban. Right. And then we have Clark trying to get, uh Aaron to to have sex with them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Like it's so creepy. Um and, and is Duncan real? Oh no. God no. no. It's like why create Duncan then, you know? But whatever. To make like, it, it sound even, more I mean I know, but it doesn't even sound like someone who would be responsible for casting people. It's just like Duncan. Not like Mr. Something. Don't give the guy two names. He's just Duncan. <laughs> um okay. The fictional name of this other character of Garth Brooks was Chris Gaines. He was a one-off fictional rock persona created as an alter ego to explore rock and roll styles far removed from his success as a country singer. Um, I guess there was a motion picture called The Lamb, uh, but it never came to fruition. Chris Gaines was going to be in The Lamb. Mm. Um, There you go. In 99, Brooks released one album as Gaines. The album produced two charting Billboard singles, including the top five pop hit, Lost it. So if Chris Gaines ever comes touring into your neighborhood, you got to see that shit. That shit's crazy. Yeah, it was the the largest crowd ever at Heinz Field. It was like 90-something thousand people. Was, like, That's too many people. It is too. And it was rain delayed, so it didn't start to like 9.10 or 9.15. Oh. So like, we didn't get off. Like We didn't get done with the show until past 1 a.m. And we have like a 45-minute drive back home. That's rough. Yeah, that sounds like my name. Um, all right, so yeah, go ahead, carry on, please. I got distracted by Chris Gates. Uh, so we show up at the wedding, and it's like super nice, and it's completely different from everything Roy wanted to do with Pam. Yep. 
It's classy. Uh, it's tasteful. Everybody's dressed very nice. Right, because like Pam was worried that they'd only be hot dogs, so she's got a banana, but it's all like catered and breakfasty. Like it looks like sort of like brunch food. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we learned that like Roy has been like learning the piano and started a gravel company and is super that, like, successful. Took off. Yeah. 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 Very weird. Right. And, and but he seems genuinely happy. Right. Right. He. Yeah. He doesn't seem so pissy. And like his brother is there, and they're all happy. So his brother's a bit of a dick, though. Oh, so I mean, he, he does a he throws some shade at Jim's way, but Roy seems happy. And his conversation with Jim, like I felt like the conversation Jim has during the auction uh, with Roy at the at the bar with all the warehouse guys, mm-hmm. that's like full of a lot of shade and Roy manipulating Jim to be like jealous of Pam's friends in college. But this seemed like the other way. Like this was like Roy being super genuine. And Jim's being like mysterious about his things on the horizon, and we're like, yeah, man, I hope you do that. And it seems like really real. It's like a crazy 180 from the last few times we did Roy, right? Um, which was nice. That's like some positive character, like mm-hmm. Ian, unlike Ian. Oh yeah, we. This is the last time we see Roy. I think. I think so too. I don't know if he shows up in the final episode, but I don't think he does. So yeah, as we were saying, like Clark, like has this fake conversation around um aaron mm-hmm. and, like he's looking for someone who's smart because he saw her reading like newsweek new it was a newsweek and so. you know so he's like tries to get her um to go and it's obvious to everybody except her that it's him just trying to like get with her which <laughs> as ruses I mean, go this one's pretty convoluted yeah i mean at the very least just to have the footage of her scantily clad which Mm -hmm. is the second time she's been propositioned for adult media because ryan does the same thing with his weird nudie book of kelly folks right right but also tries to get aaron to do it uh yeah and it it goes far you know plop can see right through it but aaron's excited she tells andy who then becomes excited right and so he's like hey take her and so it's it's very so andy goes in and is like hey what does she need yeah, because it seems like Andy knows what's up, and but then he's like, change, like he's, he's, when when he first goes back to her, it looks like he's about to like lay down the law, like what are you doing with my girlfriend? Yeah, uh, but he's like, hey, what does she need? And it's all like very fetishy, kind of like you. Know, yeah, dressed like a sexy heels. librarian, essentially. High heels, definitely open toed. Right. Yeah, you know, red dress, the the pencil skirts. Yeah, robe to wear. Yeah, for in between outfit changes or whatever. Right, and like the the stockings with like the line up the, the back. Yep, yep. Uh, so Andy gives Clark his credit card to go right. shop for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Plop is like, okay, I have to change how this all goes down. Right, and so he manages to get into Andy's ear. They're like, hey. Um, and, think, yeah, yeah, she needs someone to play off of. Right, and uh, so that's how Andy becomes it. Right. Um, let's see who has great hair. Oh, the, the Taliban. Taliban. like Taliban has this, this this talking has like Taliban's the worst because Dwight, Dwight's made this big deal out of it. Yeah, and um, like they have talking hair. Creed's like Taliban is the worst, just the worst. Great heroin though. Yeah. Drug jokes and is is there are there any jokes that Creed makes that are obviously illustrating him as a terrible person that you feel are too far that would make you dislike Creed? 
Like it's a, it's he's had sex with random people in the rain. I'm assuming all. Can, uh, it was the '60s, and he was a rock star, right? Um, he has a lot of drug commentary. Uh, it's highly suggested he's murdered people. Yeah, it's, that's the only one where I'm like mm, maybe a bit too far. <laughs> that's the one that's too far. Okay, all right. Uh, and and like, is it specifically like when he shows up that Halloween covered in blood? Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, this was <laughs> this was good timing. Yeah, it was like. Like, because it is sort of alluded that he might have murdered something. Right. Like, yeah. it, it's really dark for a show like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. You got me. That's the one. That's the line crosser. Uh, where'd we leave off with Nellie? Uh, so she proposes to Dwight that he live under that they should live under the same laws as the Taliban. That's right. But yeah. she uses a ridiculous font. Because no one believes, uh, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one, plan. right? Yeah. Even Dwight's like, she doesn't have a plan. She uses a ridiculous font. She uses like wingings or one of those weird, yeah, it's like the character thing. Yeah. So, um, so it happens, and she steals. It's like a pen. Yes. And she's like, "Oh, you got to cut off my hand now." It like has a a freaking meat cleaver. Yeah. It gives it to Dwight. And so they end up being in there forever. And eventually uh, Daryl puts on 127 hours. Yep. And they end up watching the whole thing. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, we've seen this kind of camaraderie between the two of them before. Um, you know, they worked very closely together um, while in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. He was her number two for the store. Um, he tried to bang. So they have a bit of a history. So this Right. Is- and later... Um, when Nellie drops one of her antidepressants, mm. like Dwight finds it and they go on this like buddy cop searching for the person thing. Yeah. And at the and at the end, you know, he's like, Hey, could you help could you help me like figure out how to get some of that? Because Dwight realizes he needs he needs some kind of help. Yeah. Honestly, Dwight and Nellie are probably the best version of Nellie. Yeah. Uh, and it's honestly pretty close to the best version of Dwight too. Because Dwight is kind of insufferable in these later seasons, also because he like owns the building and he kind of on a high horse. And I feel like Nellie like gets better as the season goes on. She becomes much more sympathetic. Yeah, the adaption stuff comes up more. Andy becomes a bigger monster, so she's and people start to like Nellie. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you would all like. Well, part of it is because you know Andy's treating her so bad. Right. Yes. But there's also I think that like. She hasn't had the safety net anymore of having Joe around to like maybe bail her out. Right. And that, like a lot of financial trouble. So like this job is kind of important to her. Mm-hmm. And these friendships, quote unquote, that she's developing are also very meaningful to her. So yeah, she like, because she has no friends. Right. right. Yeah. So this like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, Andy ends up being Aaron's number two and they try to interview together actually, but that is after... Andy has a meeting for everybody to judge Aaron's body. Totally get you. Yeah, probably a fireable offense. Um, so and there's a great bit where Aaron's doing her sign up and Andy suggests to include a pause before she says her her first attempt at it is solid. Mm-hmm. Her second attempt at it is probably laying it on a little thick. Andy's like, extend it even longer. Builds the suspense and it's so bad. Yeah. I, we she pauses for a solid like three seconds. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, Thunder P. How much time was paused? I mean, I felt like it was at least a minute, <laughs> which is crazy for like television where you get money based on ad. 
Right. Um, all right. Okay, so uh, season nine, Pam, is the prettiest Pam? I think so. I think she's the prettiest in this season that she is for the entire... I don't remember exactly what she was wearing. Maybe it was just the stuff from the wedding or whatever. But I was like, wow, she's really pretty in this. Yeah, she still does a lot of the hair down stuff. Mm-hmm. And her her pulled back is also different than like OG Pam. Right. I just... The age suits her. Like, Well, especially as we get older, it's it's nice not to be having a crush on, you know, 22-year-old Jenna Fisher or whatever. Adult version Jenna Fisher is for <laughs> our comfort. Uh, yeah, so they show up at, at Clark's house and he's got like this shirt on that's like halfway unbuttoned and he's yeah. like, oh. And so they run through the stuff and, you know, Aaron's looking pretty good and... Um, Andy forces Clark to like take more time with him. Right. And she's like, I'm going to go. I'm hungry. And I think this is sort of the, the starting of the unraveling really. Cause like she can kind of start to tell that Andy doesn't put her first. Yeah. I mean, I would say as an isolated incident, she probably wouldn't have noticed, but it's because specifically she ends up going on like a pseudo date with Plop. Right. Yeah. And you know, this kind of stuff starts happening more and more as the season progresses where Andy's trying harder and harder to be famous and yeah. yeah, which is also weird. I mean, yeah, so I'm gonna try not to say this every episode, but just right now, because you said what you said, like it's a very Michael dream, you know, like so I yeah. feel like they're pushing some of Andy's stuff, uh, Michael's stuff onto Andy, and all of that too ties very much into where David Brent goes in the British office. So it just feels so like shoehorn. You know, like Andy on American Idol or whatever. Like, I just feel like that's not organically where that character was going to go. Maybe earlier, but like he just gets, he's so far away from that when he starts turning back into it. Right. Well, and I think, and we've talked about this before, but I think what a lot of it stems is he lost his safety net or loses his safety net in the season. Mm -hmm. So if that hadn't happened, he probably would have been happy doing like science you know lab test safety films whatever right but i i feel like losing that safety net of his parents like just just destroyed him in in you know just it killed him yeah. it, it just made him crazy because he needed that because he i don't think he was able to make the proper transition in his head to not being rich anymore yeah, I mean, I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. And I'm sure the writers of this season of The Office appreciate it, too. But I, but I just think, like, David Brent and the British, like, it, the, whole, the whole 12 episodes of that show, he, like, clearly knows, even though he doesn't, right? He knows, like, the world was flying. He knows that he is destined to be famous. And the whole show is pushing him toward that goal until he finally does it. In the same way where Michael with his like need to be in movies and he thinks how funny and he does the stand up like or rather the um, improv. Similarly, I think he would have gone that way had he not veered near the end of his arc with Holly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like they weren't building that up for Andy until all of a sudden they were like, okay, well now let's do it. Right. Um, so I, I guess maybe that's what it is. It's like knowing it was done well during another show that's called The Execs. I was like, and they, and they messed up whatever that story are. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. If I say it next episode, you could taste my nuts. <laughs> uh, that's a good dress on Erin. Yes, she's a very attractive lady. She's a very attractive lady. I was looking for anything to like, because there were so few notes. Yeah. If you haven't watched Kimmy Schmidt, I think I only watched the first two. Uh, I know I watched all the first one, and I want to say all the second one. But Yeah. 
She's very she, good at it, and she's, she's very pretty. Fine. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Nelly and Dwight should have hooked up. That sounds. Disgusting. I still think they should have hooked up. Crazy. All right. What do you think? Oh, uh, I'm just giving this a flat two out of five with an insert clever episode pun here tag because I couldn't think of anything. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a one point five. Oof. Out of pauses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the Clark stuff is like beyond creepy. Oh yeah. It's super it's, creepy. It's, it's too much. It, it's not fun. And I do like that. Like during the episode, like plop is like, Clark is not my friend at yeah. all. Yeah. Which is, it, that was a nice thing for him to say, because I would not have known that, you know, because they're hired together. It seems like maybe they got the job together. Right. So it's yeah. It's helpful. to well, I've definitely seen that where like people who work together a lot are assumed to like be really close friends. Cause that's just generally what happens. Right. Or like the new people always kind of gravitate toward each other cause they're expert things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all coming out. Uh, this episode is the week before Memorial day. So safe travels. If you're traveling, uh, hit us up. Uh, broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash broken jars we technically have a reddit i don't remember oh, yeah. what it's called <laughs> uh reddit slash r slash funny i think it's all us uh, i think it's just broken jars broadcasting uh broken jars podcast looks like so check that out yes we're on there all the time all of the episodes of great scott are definitely on there yeah so um and that's yeah, it. Check up. out. And, and now we start part two, WWE talk. <laughs> okay. okay. Check out our other stuff on our website, broken jars at XYZ. We've got the Dresden files podcast. I'm going to be starting up a dun- like dungeon master for D and D kind of stuff here soon. Uh, so if you're a nerd like that, you know, be sure to check that out. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Tell so, me when it goes up. I'll subscribe. It's only going to be once a month. Cause that's all I have time for. That's totally fine. I only have time for one podcast. (laughs) Or maybe one additional podcast. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining everybody. Later. Peace.